Yeah, I agree. I can understand people's concerns about uh, feeling dangerous, feeling dangerous about um, all the different uh, people having guns. But at the same time, I feel a lot safer with a police officer because, like you said, stuff can happen anywhere. It can happen in the movie theater. It can happen at a school. Um, I just feel safer. And I feel like I can understand people's concerns. Mm -hmm. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I do believe there was an active shooter on campus two years ago. Really? Yeah, I, I, it was um, on the engineering side of campus, I believe. I heard it from someone who's graduated last year, but yeah, it was it was surprising for me to hear that, like oh. getting pretty close to home. Yeah, I actually do remember that um, the person was outside in their car, and um, people were freaking out. They were inside their rooms. They were on campus, and so yeah, I think it is important for you know armed officers to be present. Um, but I think the main issue was to I guess to have somebody who is kind of there that is not armed um, that people can go to when they don't feel comfortable with people who are armed. Um, so also, um, do you think any changes will happen since student government did release uh, the fact that they were going to do a resolution and also a petition? I was in student government last year and I know that we had a really big voice on the campus. So I'm sure that at least something will happen, but maybe not as big a change as maybe they want or expect. Right. And again, um, the negativity about the article, um, I would just like to point out that we love our officers and uh, we love Ed too. So we just want everyone to be happy at the end of the day. Um, so yeah, Daniel, take it away. All right, um, one of the stories that I wrote this pack past week was about the um, potential concerns surrounding the acid reflux medication, commonly known as Zantac. So yeah, a little bit of background on what Zantac is and some of its uses. So it's the, uh, the general brand name of a medicine whose actual chemical name is Renatidin. It's used by uh, a lot of sufferers of GERD, which is a uh, gastroesophageal reflux disease. I know it's, it's a mouthful, but a lot of people just <laughs> say heartburn. So about 20% of the U.S. suffers from GERD, and that's independent of age. So people of all ages have this condition. So yeah, this, this is one of the most popular medications that people use to try to manage that and make their lives a little bit more comfortable. So um, Zantac has actually been on the market since 1984 when it was approved by the FDA. But very recently, there have been some concerns about a potentially carcinogenic substance in um, in that medication. So um, in July, there is um, an independent online pharmacy, Valisher, they conducted some tests on, re on renatidin-based medications and they found that there were some dangerously high levels of this, uh, this chemical or compound known as NDMA. So NDMA is a probable carcinogen in humans, so um, they're not entirely sure, but tests on lab mice have, have you know, produced cancerous tumors and it's gen there's a general consensus that NDMA is, is dangerous for humans. So Valisher um, reported their findings um, to the FDA in July, and the FDA did nothing. They did not release a statement, um, no recalls, nothing really. So two months later, um, after some growing concerns from the Valisher uh, lab scientists, they, they filed an official petition with the FDA. And in response to that, that, that did garner some attention from the FDA. So in response to that, the FDA uh, tried to discredit them kind of by saying that their procedures were flawed and that the um the heating that they used in their um in the procedures may have you know um generated an excess of ndma that wouldn't 
really happen during normal hu use for humans. So uh, Valisher has um, since responded to that, saying that um, you know their their lab tests are you know very scientifically accurate and not flawed, and there has been no response from the FDA since. Um, looking past the FDA, there have been some responses from other organizations. Uh, both CVS and Walgreens have pulled the brand name Zantac's ranitidine medication off of their shelves. Uh, CVS has actually done that globally. Um, other ranitidine medications are still available, however, uh, so it's, I don't think that's really doing too much good, taking off just one brand medication while you know, leaving other medications that still have that same chemical component. Um, the actual company that produces, that produces Zantac and their parent company has recalled Zantac worldwide. So it does kind of seem like everybody is kind of erring on the side of caution except for the FDA, which is uh, not something we see very often. So um, a couple things that are important to note, there are other non-ranitidin-based medications available for people to manage their GERD. Um, so uh, Prilosec OTC is one of them. Uh, that's actually the second in volume sales. So for people who are, you know, often are like people who are frequent users of Zantac, they do have some other options available to them. Yeah, so some questions that I, uh, that I want to pose to you guys. Um, since Zantac is such a widely used medication, uh, especially in the US, do you think it might cause more harm than good to pull this off the shelves while we're waiting for more concrete science? Personally, I think that if you ever see a problem with a type of medicine or a type of product that is actually causing people to, I would say, have hardships or possibly death, um, I would take it off the shelves immediately. Um, the same thing happened with Roundup, the weed killer. Um, even though it's not a medicine, it's still something that you'd use on a daily basis and they, I don't know if they've completely removed it from shelves, but I see a commercial every day, almost every hour, about if you have used Roundup, you might have cancer. So um, I think that, you know, when there's a hardship coming from a certain product, it needs to be removed immediately. For sure. I, definitely, uh, I definitely agree with that. I definitely fall on the side of erring on the side of caution when you're dealing with an issue like this. If there's a potential for a carcinogenic substance, um, that type of thing definitely needs to be taken off the shelves until more concrete science can be provided. Um, even th like, especially since there are alternate medications for for people to you know rely upon while we're waiting for more data. I think that's such a big part. I think having other options uh, is good uh, because, like you said, uh, erring on the side of caution is the best thing to do. Uh, and with other options, you know, hopefully people can. Uh, navigate their way smoothly or as smoothly as possible uh, to be able to, uh, you know, manage their treatment. Um, so yeah, I, th I think they should err on the side of caution, um, but hopefully, um, you know, doctors and such can help uh, the people that are affected uh, to get better, different treatment. Definitely agree. Um, while researching this, I also tried to look into the uh, the potential motives behind each of the organizations and the reasons they would be making the claims that they did. I couldn't really find a reason for Valisher to make those claims or any type of bias that they may have. So I'm definitely going to have to side with Valisher on this one, especially since, like, you know, they, they really don't have any reason to be docking that medication. Um, for the FDA, I think that their, their reasons for stating what they did might be 
um, that they don't really like to go back on what they've said previously. So in 1984, they did approve this medication, and I think it might look bad for them if they were to go back on their word, especially after um, 35 years. But that is one more thing to keep in mind. This medication has been on the shelves for 35 years, and in that time, there has been no link to cancer made you know, with all the users of it. So we're just gonna have to you know, wait for more concrete, like more concrete basis and reporting from both organizations. Definitely. All right, we are going to take a quick two-minute break.
All right, we are back on air, and we are moving on to Daniel's story about the troops being pulled out of Syria. All right, what's up, guys? I am Daniel. So another pressing issue that has been in the news in the past week, week and a half, has been uh, Trump using uh, executive war powers to pull um, U.S. troops out of Syria. Now, this, is, this has garnered a lot of conflict from both sides of the aisle because the Kurds have been a, a very great and uh, you know consistent ally with the U.S., especially during the fight against ISIS in the past uh, decade or so. So essentially what happened is uh, Trump exercised those, those executive powers and pulled U.S. troops out, leaving the Kurds uh, essentially defenseless against Turkey. And Turkey considers the uh, Kurdish forces to be terrorists in a way. So um, by doing that, we have left one of, our, one of our biggest allies and supporters kind of defenseless against a military that they really can't protect themselves from. And uh, we've actually seen the effects of that as of last night. Um, Turkey launched their first military offensive against the Kurdish forces, um, reporting that 109 people died. Uh, this is um, quite unfortunate, but we can continue talking about uh, some of the reasons behind the Trump administration and why, why this move was made. So some of the reasons are actually a little bit unclear and conflicting, but the main point that President Trump was getting across was that the U.S. is not a global police force, and he made the call to prevent the unnecessary death of U.S. soldiers. Now, um, there's some agreement and disagreement on that. Um, I, I think that a lot of people would agree that the U.S. should not be a global police force. Um, staying out of things that aren't really our business is it's generally good. Don't get involved with uh, things that don't exactly benefit you. However, the case is uh, a little bit different in the Middle East. Since the end of the war in Afghanistan, the U.S. has essentially acted like a police force, trying to maintain a peace, or maintain peace, or at least the U.S.'s idea of what peace is in the Middle East. Uh, another justification he said is that he didn't want the unnecessary death of any more U.S. soldiers. Now, this is great. Um, not that many people would disagree with this. However, um, only 10 U.S. soldiers died in Syria in, in 2018. However, 109 Kurdish troops who were allied with the U.S. in the past decade or so died actually last night. So um, I have some, some questions for you guys, not necessarily about the situation, but more in a, uh, a general sense. So do you guys think that the U.S. has any sort of obligation to defend any of its past allies, even if the conflict isn't ongoing anymore? I think for this one, it's a little different. Uh, the Kurds, going back to the Ottoman history where they were an empire, um, even up till now, Turkey uh, does not do well with minorities. Uh, and the Kurds uh, and the greater country of Kurdistan, uh, which isn't recognized, um, it, it's kind of in that area, uh, in the Anatolian region, um, but the Turks, they don't want to give the Kurds a light of day, and their media has successfully, in their right, uh, basically portrayed them as terrorists. Uh, they do live in a poor region, um, and so I think we should be helping them, uh, because if we leave, uh, I think we know what Turkey's going to do. They're all but telling us what they're going to do. They showed um, us as of last night. Um, even before, even with the Kurds, uh, if, you, if you go back before, not before the Kurds, but there were the Armenians. There was the genocide. They were changing different names. Uh, they took historic names and they changed it into different Italian names just to take away the Armenian history that was in Turkey. 
So if if they can do that and they don't recognize it and people people there are groups out there that say there was an Armenian genocide. Turkey still denies it and they're not getting any flack for it. So what's to say that they do anything to the Kurds once we leave and they're not going to get any flack for it. I think they're not going to get any flack for it. So I think us staying and showing support for the Kurds and not really giving uh, any credit or bowing down to uh, President Erdogan of Turkey's demands, I think that shows what, what line we've drawn and where we're going to stand. I definitely agree with that. I think the U.S. definitely is in a very special position in this particular case. Um, just by remaining involved and not really taking any action, the U.S. could definitely prevent a lot of the conflict that is going to be happening in the next, in the coming weeks and months. The U.S. is very strong, or was very strongly allied, allied with the Kurds, as well as Turkey because of NATO. So by kind of being that middleman and preventing conflict, um, they definitely could, could have prevented a lot of deaths. Um, another question that I have for you guys is about the War Powers Act. So the War Powers Act, if um, for, the, for those listeners who might be unaware, it enables the President of the United States to take uh, military action without the approval of Congress. However, it is limited to 60 days. So after 60 days, if the President does not have the approval and backing of Congress for any type of war act, then he's required to pull those troops out of whatever area of conflict they were sent into within 30 days. So this was actually put into place near around the founding of America, so sometime in the 17 and early 1800s, and it was only changed a little bit in the, uh, in the 1900s. So it's kind of a dated law, but do you guys think that it should be modified or changed a little bit to fit the modern political climate? I'm not sure. I mean, that's, that's kind of a... It is, yeah. It's I mean, somebody's going to be on either side. Um, I, I would say just see kind of how it goes in this situation. Mm -hmm. I think this situation is perfect to see um, exactly if we need to strengthen or loosen mm -hmm. um, the war powers. Yeah. Um, so I think it's a situation where you have to watch, mm -hmm. uh, and obviously people are going to want to change it, but watching, I think, is the best the best way to kind of offer a better solution. Yeah, this has actually been one of the first times that um, the War Powers Act has been you know used uh, this extensively, so it's definitely going to provide a good benchmark for us to analyze the situation in the future. But yeah, changing it now would definitely um, cause a... It would not necessarily, like cause like tangible problems but it would cause a lot of unrest among people who believe that the president should have these executive powers versus people who believe in like a much stronger system of checks and balances yeah. um i i feel this issue is probably going to be up forever because regardless of who's in office the opposing party is always going to want to have that president to have less power so regardless of who's in office uh what year it is what war is going on i feel like uh this War Powers Act is always going to be a, a problem and a point of controversy. Uh, the last thing that I want to touch on on the, uh, on the Turkey-Syria situation is actually a tweet that um, Trump posted in response to some questions he was receiving. And he said that, if Turkey does anything that I, in my great and unmatched wisdom, consider to be off-limits, I will totally destroy and obliterate the economy of Turkey, parentheses, I've done before, exclamation point. And this is from two days ago. So. Um, Ignoring some of the um, <laughs> more like aggressive wording, what do you guys think he means by off limits? What what do you think is considered off limits in the conflict between Turkey and the Kurds? Because la last night, 
um, there was a strong military offensive by the, <coughs> the Turkish military, and if that's not off-limits, what is? I honestly don't know. I don't know what he's thinking. I think whether you voted for or against him, he's been doing some really stupid stuff with tweeting. I, I wish he would really just stop. He doesn't really need to. Show us through um, policies, throw us through actually doing stuff, not tweeting it, because I don't care what you're tweeting. I want to see what you're going to do. Um, so I, I don't know. I hope it. he has a strict policy. Mm -hmm. um, in general, I think we, we need to understand that what Turkey is going to do if we pull out, it's not going to be pretty. And they've already, like you said, shown their hand with bombing uh, the Kurds. Yeah, um, so we're definitely going to have to see how the situation unfolds over the next few weeks and months. But yeah, I would say that um, Donald Trump's Twitter is the modern version of the Mean Girls Burn book. Um, and I think that, you know, he's never really clear about what actually would be off limits, no matter what the situation is. And so I don't think that we can clearly actually, you know, know what his what his limit is in any situation, though. <laughs> so, yeah. All right. We're going to move on to the homecoming week which was last week um katie pintuck wrote an article about the homecoming dance she wrote an article about the attire that should be present at the homecoming but then she also did a recap of the homecoming dance which was cool um this was the 60th year of the university of michigan dearborn's existence um last week there was a pep rally a cardboard boat race which is our annual event um we had a carnival we had the maize and blue bowl which did get canceled because it was raining um we had the homecoming party on thursday and then the men's ice hockey team had a tailgate and a hockey game to follow um so let's just talk about homecoming what was your favorite part of the entire week uh, my favorite part was probably the hockey games. I went there was a Thursday night and Friday night. Um, obviously, I'm pretty biased because I am the sports editor. But uh, both games were really good. U of M Dearborn, they're ranked number four, and they were playing Lindenwood, who's ranked number two. Uh, both games were really good. U of M Dearborn won the first game two to one or three to one, and then they lost the second game uh, two to one in overtime. So they both were really good. There was a lot of fans there for both sides, um, playful, trash talking, all that stuff. <laughs> Um, Ashley Casper and Sean Smith won homecoming king and queen, and they were really uh, excited about that, so that was also really fun to watch. Uh, and then I also went to the dance. Um, I thought that was kind of fun. Dances aren't my thing, and it kind of gave me bad flashbacks from high school. <laughs> um, but it was still fun. It was fun to see a lot of people there, and it seemed like everyone said it was, everybody was having a pretty good time. And I was kind of disappointed that I didn't get to go to the boat race and a couple of the other things. And again, big congratulations to Ashley and Sean for winning Homecoming Royalty. I would say my favorite part, um, which is always my favorite part, the cardboard boat races. It's really fun to see people struggling in the water with just duct tape and cardboard. I've never seen anything like that, and I feel like the only place that this is acceptable is Dearborn, um, of course. So um, it was funny. One team, um, I believe it was Pride. Um, one person that was in the boat lost her paddles and she started swimming uh, with the boat halfway in the water. She was still making it work. So, um, you know, it's just really cool to see that uh, the dedication that happens. Another team built a raft. Um, people were trying to say they're disqualified, but it was still a boat. I give them 
I give that to them. Um, also, the homecoming party, I always enjoy that. Shout out to um, SAB for that, Student Activities Board, for our viewers who don't know what that is. Um, and does anybody else have anything they want to share about homecoming? No. Mm -hmm. Did you guys attend the events? Uh, I was not at the dance, no. No. What about, like, the rest of the week? No? I was on the UC patio when they were uh, handing out cake and shirts, yeah. so I got a cool shirt. I got nice. Cake too. Yeah, the shirts were really cool, um, and also the cake was great. Um, it was really cute. I know they had two cakes. They had one that was just for a photo shoot, and then they had one that people could actually eat. And so I saw both. Um, the photo shoot looked like a baby reveal, which I was explaining to someone earlier today. It was uh, pretty funny. So, um, yeah, what do you hope to see for next year's homecoming, I would say? Um, one thing that I would really like to see is if they move the cardboard boat race time to maybe like later in the day or at nighttime because I think it was at 11 a.m. and I have I had class I know a lot of my friends had class uh, and uh, unfortunately I've missed it my first two years here and that's something I really like to see and also kind of participate in um, and also maybe just some I don't know with uh, different programs and parties and stuff like that but just some different things it seems like they kind of do the same thing every year and I think uh, some new activities would be pretty cool to see Definitely. I, um, in an article that I wrote about uh, homecoming, uh, it was an opinion piece and I pretty much talked about how um, I really saw the thing that I call involvement fatigue happen on uh, during homecoming. Uh, I've been noticing that a lot of people are not as involved as they used to be when I first got here. Um, and so, you know, involvement fatigue really showed during homecoming week. I didn't really see as many people as I normally did. Um, but shout out to the hockey game. The scores, I mean, not the scores, the, um, the amount of people jumped so high. And uh, I really would like to shout them out for their marketing skills because um, there were so many people there. And I'm wondering if it's, you know, because you have the tailgate and it's like a really short period in between the tailgate and the game. Plus, also, um, the homecoming uh, court is actually revealed at the game. So there's always, like, a lot of parents in the crowd. And, uh, you know, uh, the game just really expanded this year, which was great. Um, so we are going to take another break, and we will be back on in shortly.
people say. In my daily. Yes, oh, there we go. Okay. All right, so we are back with the Michigan Journal. Um, we are going to talk about an article that Rayvon Miles Smith wrote about, and it was called The Journey of Unplugging from Social Media. And so far, Rayvon has deactivated his social media for two whole weeks. I really don't think that I could go two whole hours, and my family can attest for that. Um, but one thing that I really appreciated him saying in the article was, if you can go a day without something, then it means it is a luxury, not a necessity. So maybe I will try to take note of the things that are a necessity in my life, but normally I would take those notes on my phone. So for you guys, how long would you go without social media? I think the longest I've ever gone is about a week and a half. It's because I was on a family vacation in Iceland, and we didn't want to pay a ton of money for uh, whatever it is, Wi-Fi or whatever. So we just hung out. We didn't really have time to go on social media, though. We were always out in the city or doing stuff. But I think I could probably do a month, and that's probably where I could just, I'd have to, I'd give up. Right. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely think I fall on like the opposite side as you do. Um, like the most I've done is like maybe like like three or four days around like maybe exam time, 
and I'm just that type of person. I just like really like to know what's going on around me, and like if I don't know what like the people I know are doing or like what they're up to, it just feels a little weird. I feel a little bit isolated, you know. I feel but like I'm kind of sorry to cut oh you yeah, off. No, go, right. go ahead. Yeah, I feel like I'm kind of uh, in between both you guys. Probably like two to four weeks. Um, I, I like feeling connected exactly, but I also kind of like when I go camping, uh, you can't really get a lot of reception there. Mm -hmm. You can't really go on social media. Um, but uh, it is nice to kind of just take a break and not have to worry about what so-and-so posted about their dog on their story. <laughs> you can just kind of take a break. So Yeah. It's a little repetitive. Exactly. Right. There's only so many videos of concerts that you can watch. <laughs> watch those oh, man. <laughs> oh my goodness <laughs> that is something really long to watch um so i would say that there was an assignment that i had to do in high school and my teacher i hope that he's not listening but he told us to um not use social media for the whole weekend and i did not do that um and i still wrote that i did it in an essay and so um i would just say that like I get my news from social media. I stay connected with my friends from all my different schools on social media. Um, I like to see people doing weird things on social media. And it. I like, well, back when Vine was the thing, like, we still, I still watch Vine videos out of, like, Twitter threads, and those get me through college. So um, I really just think that, you know, social media is something that I kind of rely on to get me through, you know, the day and also I've had social media jobs so without social media I feel like I'm not working I'm not doing my daily routines and so um I just really I just rely on social media a lot so um have you ever gone without social media for a long period of time like this can even include like texting I would say I've gone about like a week and a half because uh, I, I feel like I was a pretty good kid in middle school and high school, but sometimes I did wrong stuff, so I got my phone taken away from me. <laughs> and I would say that it was really nice for the first few days, surprisingly, because I could just kind of read a book or focus on my homework and just kind of debrief and relax. But then after, when you get to like day six, seven, eight, and you're kind of like, I wonder what so-and-so is doing. I want to text my friends. So it's kind of nice at first, but then you kind of need it back, I guess. Right. Cool. How many of you guys have iPhones? Yes. You do? I yes. Okay, so you know how Apple has this newish feature that reports how many hours a day that you're using your phone. Have you ever got have you ever paid attention to how many hours it actually is? No, I'm afraid to. I don't want to. <laughs> One time mine said ten hours. Mm. But usually I could get an average now on about six hours because I do watch TV on my phone sometimes. Because <laughs> sometimes I'm sitting on campus and I can't use my laptop for whatever reason. As you saw, my laptop almost died a second ago. So I do, my laptop is always dying, but my phone is always on. And so I would say like my hours are really high. Yeah. Do, do Androids report it? Yeah, yeah. Most most Androids also have similar software features to report, you know, what type of things you're spending the most screen time with. And yeah, I've definitely seen a lot of the data from my own phone. <laughs> but I, I try not to use that as my metric for whether or not I was like kind of productive that day because it's not it's not like like not using your phone doesn't necessarily imply that you were like productive. So like that's something that I do in like reflection at the end of the day, day like what did I do 
Did I get stuff done? And it's not like, boom, I didn't use my phone that much. Good day, you know? Right. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Maybe I am doing well. <laughs> I, I just want to give that an excuse. But, um, so yeah, like, what would you do? What were, what were you doing before social media was a thing? So, like, back when we were having, like, Nintendo DSs, like, what was your go-to platform of social media? Were you guys on MySpace? No. 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 Pop Tropica? Uh, yeah. Yeah. What were the other websites that we were on that, like, still were included in our lives, even though it wasn't, like, the true social media that we have today? Webkins. Yeah. Yeah. That was huge. Oh, my God. Yeah. You guys remember Club Penguin? Yeah. Club yeah. Penguin. Yeah. 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 My uh, mom. Was Toontown, too, or something like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. My mom got an email from Webkins maybe, like, a year ago, and it was saying, like, oh, your account is still here. And I was like, okay, I'm, I'm 20 at the time. <laughs> like, what would I be doing I still have there? friends who go on Webkins all the yeah, time. Me, too. And I'm 19, so. <laughs> I wonder how me the company's too. doing. I mean, that was... For a couple of years. Yeah. It was uh, Gans or Gains, right? The company name. I forget the name. Do they still sell the stuffed animals? I don't know. eBay for sure. We found a couple on Iceland. Oh, wow. Why? International. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Wow. That's, yeah, that's crazy. I still have like a huge box of them in my basement. (laughs) Really? (laughs) I don't know where mine are, honestly. I don't know. My parents used to, like, empty my room a lot, so there were a lot of trash bags when I was gone sometimes. So I have no idea where any of that stuff is. It's probably going to be worth something, though. Yeah. So whoever has a Webkins, Webkins check how much it's worth. (laughs) Um, So we are about to wrap up our news segment. Um, I just wanted to give a few more stories that are in our newspaper this week that are noteworthy. Um, we had an article by Kinsey Burnett. Um, the Trump campaign breaks presidential election fundraising record. Um, we have an article by Franz Knight. Um, 50% there, the construction of the engineering lab building. It is set to open in fall 2020 for the new students coming in. Um, we have an article by Erica Turnbull, uh, empowering women through so- salary negotiations. We have Corey Lorenz, with keyboard crunching paving the way for silent keyboards. I need one of those, Corey. (laughs) Um, And then we have So Bad They're Good, um, Scary Movies on Netflix by Kyla Bazzi. Then we have Christian Orr. She wrote the ultimate Halloween playlist. And I'm going to give you my song of the day from her list, which is Monster from Kanye West. We are about to head into our sports cast of the week, so in a few minutes, Drew and Corey will be taking it away.
Hello, uh, my name is Drew. Uh, you heard me a little bit earlier. Now we're going to go kind of back into my own element uh, and talk about a little bit about sports. Uh, I'm the sports editor for the Michigan Journal. I'm a sophomore here. I'm currently trying, still trying to figure out what I'm going to major in. Uh, but I love sports. I've always loved sports. Um, in high school, I played lacrosse, basketball, baseball, and soccer. But I pretty much watched everything. Uh, sports I'm interested in, uh, I'm interested in baseball, basketball, hockey, uh, football, college football, college basketball, NASCAR, I'm pretty much really into everything. Uh, and teams I love, uh, I really don't have a main favorite team, but uh, the Tigers, Lions, Red Wings, obviously Pistons, Detroit teams, uh, outside of Detroit, probably the Patriots. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. And I am Corey. I'm a staff writer here. Um, I'm a junior. I just transferred over a semester ago from Schoolcraft. Um, and I'm now pursuing journalism and screen studies. I was in software engineering, uh, and that was a big no-no. Um, in high school, I played basketball, uh, soccer, and baseball. Uh, before that, I played city football. Um, so that was that was an experience. Um, I'm interested in most of the traditional sports. Um, I'm also getting into uh, MMA, specifically UFC. I think the strategy in that particularly is uh, very interesting. Um, and then teams, uh, Detroit fan, uh, but because we've had such terrible teams, I usually do, uh, I pick a second team. So Lions uh, is a little different because I'll do the Lions and then I'll usually just watch a team that's interesting that year. Uh, for the Tigers, uh, because they're in a rebuild, I need to find somebody to find joy in. So I picked the Tampa Bay Rays. Um, I always liked them since uh, they had Scott Kazmir. Uh, for Red Wings, uh, I like uh, really the original six uh, besides Canadian teams, and that's nothing against Canadians. I just like the American teams better. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's me. Um, so, first up, we have Michigan football. Um, we have some thoughts on Iowa. I think uh, that they just had a rough day. Uh, the quarterback... Uh, he threw three interceptions um, before that he had not had a turnover that uh, this year. So um, I think he just had a rough day, and our defense really showed up uh, because even though you've seen in the news with Harbaugh and Shea Patterson talking about our offense, our offense is not there. That's um, just basically a smokescreen, uh, and they need to figure it out. Drew? I wholeheartedly agree with everything. Um, I was at the pleasure of being at the game. Were you at the game no, on Saturday? Um, it was my first time in the student section. It was a lot of fun. Definitely recommend. Even if you're not a sports fan, definitely go for at least one game a year. It's a lot of fun. Um, but, yeah, I think Iowa just had a really bad game. They were coming off really hot. And uh, I think we came out a little bit motivated because we wanted to still prove some people wrong after Wisconsin. Um, but the offense still looked terrible. They came out really good, uh, scored 10 points in the right there in the first quarter. But then the rest of the game, it was pretty non-existent. Uh, the defense, though, Aiden Hutchinson looked really good. Uh, Quiddy Pay, of course, he went down with an injury, but prior to that, really all season long, he's looked really good. Um, even though the defense looks good, I am still kind of worried because it seems like they kind of do this every year. The defense, they are really good against mediocre to good competition, but then when you play the really good teams like the Wisconsin's, yeah. the Penn State's, the Ohio State's, uh, they kind of fold. So it'll be interesting to see what happens next. So for predictions, what do you, you think is going to happen? I don't know. I've been trying to hold out hope. Um, I kind of wanted to 
I kept telling myself that the Wisconsin game was kind of like the Notre Dame game from last year where we kind of just didn't play well and we lost. But uh, Rutgers, they played really well. But, again, that was Rutgers. And no yeah. offense if we have any Scarlet Knight fans out there. but Horrified scrimmage. They're not the best team in the world. And this week we get Illinois, which probably isn't going to be much better than the Rutgers game. Um, I, just, I don't think we can beat Ohio State. I really don't. Um, and I would not be surprised. And I kind of in kind of for – uh, maybe this being like Jim Harbaugh's last season as coach. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't mind that. I'd like to see some uh, shuffling of uh, coaches and whatnot. Um, I think I have them uh, going nine and three. I hope I have my math right. Um, but I have them losing the Notre Dame and I have them losing to Ohio State. Um, so I might even be generous with giving them the MSU game. Uh, and who knows? Maybe uh, Maryland or Indiana can upset them. <laughs> because uh, I think they're not upset-proof <laughs> this year, uh, which is unfortunate. But uh, Michigan, th- they got to figure something out. So hopefully this year's kind of, hey, let, let's figure something out. Let's yeah. let's get let's write the ship, uh, not just to, not for one season. Let's write it so we can continue uh, the program that has the most wins in college football. You're a little more optimistic than I am. Uh, I got them at I think eight and four. I don't I don't see them being Penn State. I, I'm confident they could beat Michigan State just because they have not had the best season uh, this year either, but 8-4. Um, and four. They'll still get a bowl game, but, but they're not still. they're playoff bound. Exactly. I want them to make the playoffs. They haven't even made a Big Ten championship game yet with Harbaugh. It seems like every year we're kind of like, oh, you know, this will be the year, this will be the year, and we've been saying that for five years. So yeah. uh, I don't know if we should get, bring Urban Meyer in. I'm not sure uh, that was a rumor. That would be uh, I don't know how they would take that. Yeah, we'd, we'd win. Maybe we'd win a championship um, as long as we don't get caught first. So, um, <laughs> but... Yeah, so another big topic in sports right now is, of course, the NFL. Uh, we're about it's week five. Week five just finished week up. Week five just finished up. And uh, it was kind of weird last week. The Lions weren't playing at all. Yeah. Um, you? What team did you watch? I watched uh, Jacksonville versus Carolina, which was probably the best match to watch if you're not watching the Lions. Um, because they, if, if anyone doesn't know, um, Cam Newton was out, so Kyle Allen was the backup for Carolina. Uh, Nick Foles, uh, he broke his collarbone, so uh, Gardner Minshew was in, uh, and he's looking like an absolute stud, even though he lost. He put out, I think, 374 passing yards, um, and uh, it was basically a McCaffrey show. Uh, Carolina's running back, uh, he broke the record for the longest franchise uh, rushing touchdown for 84 yards. Uh, and just watching him run, uh, this guy is—he's fast, but he's built. It's crazy just how how good of a mix of speed and strength he is. Uh, and then that win catapulted Ron Rivera to uh, the winningest coach in uh, Panthers uh, history. So that was—I guess that that was the game for me. Uh, yeah. Any any stood out for you? Uh, well, do you think uh, Gardner Minshew is going to be the next Tom Brady? Like a low-round draft pick that not, comes out of nowhere? And not at all. I think really he's good. just going to be fun to watch. I, I, I don't really see anything in him, uh, but he's really capitalizing on it. You know he's changing his style. People are starting to look like him, so yeah, uh, he's going to play off of his victories right now. Uh, the game that I probably watched the most, it was kind of a blowout, but it was uh, the 49ers and the Browns. Okay. Um, I was really high on the Browns going into this year. Uh, I love Baker Mayfield. But uh, they just look lost out there. I don't know if Freddie Kitchen was Freddie Kitchens was the best choice of uh, head coach. Um, it kind of reminded me of when the Lions kept Jim Bob Cooter around uh, because he had like a good second half of the season. 
but uh, they got to figure something out. I actually, I think I heard earlier today that Od- Odell might get traded. They're looking at possibly trading him, uh, which would be kind of a disappointment considering of all the fanfare that came in them acquiring him in the off season. Um, but on the other side, on a more positive note, the 49ers look really good. Um, they may beat the Rams in the division, uh, which would be really shocking. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo still looks like he's kind of still kind of recovering, but I have faith in him. I think he's a good guy. The defense, as long as they can stay healthy, looks really good, and I think they're going to be a team that I definitely keep watching as the season goes on. Yeah, speaking of the 49ers and Rams, I think they played this week. That's one of the uh, I put down as one of the games to watch. I think Lions and Packers is probably going to be it for me. I'll probably watch that. Maybe the Eagles and the Vikings. Um, I like Carson Wentz, and I hope I hope he can have a healthy season uh, all the way through. Um, Saints and Jags, just because Jalen Ramsey uh, might be back, so that might be fun to watch. Um, Texans and Chiefs, just to see if the Chiefs can bounce back. Um, and then Pan- Panthers and Bucks, because the Bucks have a surprisingly, at least decent defense, and I want to see how they how they can handle uh, big old McCaffrey. Yeah, I don't think anyone can tame him though. Their offense is good too, though, yeah. I and mean, with Winston uh, Godwin. Uh, they look really good. Mike Evans, of course, he had nothing. He did nothing last week, literally nothing. But uh, he's still uh, one of the best receivers in the game. Uh, you kind of touched on through the Lions and the Packers. Uh, what are your kind of expectations for them uh, down I'm, the line? For the Lions, I think they're probably going to go record-wise 11-4-1. Um, I think the Free Press may have put out uh, a similar article saying basically the same thing. Um Specifically, I, I do think that we're going to beat the Packers, uh, but I think that we'll share uh, the games. I think we'll go one and one with them. Um, but I, I think we're looking good. Uh, I might be an optimist in looking at the game against the Chiefs. Uh, I think, you know, fix some minor things up, and you know that would have been a ball game. And obviously, uh, uh, that pitch from Travis Kelsey—that was—I mean, you don't really, you don't really nothing practice can, for yeah, that. Nothing you can do about that. Um, I think they made a statement, though. I mean, the Chiefs are, of course, there's the Patriots, but the yeah. Chiefs are probably everyone's favorite to go all the way this year. Um, and they hung with them and probably should have won that game, which made it disappointing. But at the same time, I think they were, what, 20-point underdogs, I think, going into that game? If I'm the, We were supposed to get blown out. Yeah. That was, that was the main prediction across the board, I think. Yeah, and they lost by, what, like three or four points? I don't remember correctly. It was, but yeah, it was, it was, around it, it was close. And I think it was, it was the last, it was the last minute. Uh, drive and yeah. Patrick Mahomes Patrick Mahomes nothing yes. you can do about it um, I, I definitely have more confidence though because the Vikings are kind of a mess with Stephon Diggs wanting out Kirk Cousins not being the best quarterback in the world yeah. um, and then the Bears their defense is probably one of the best ever but their offense is probably one of the worst ever yeah. so uh, really the Packers same as always they're the only team that really really scares me but the Bears and Vikings could always come up and the Lions are the Lions so you never really know yeah, it, it's kind of hard to go off of. You hope they'll be eleven four and one, but if they lose the rest of the games, you'd be like, eh, well, we've seen it before. I will say the one good thing about the Lions, though, is that Michigan. It seems like they when they lose, they really, really lose. At least the Lions, it's still like an enjoyable game that you can watch. Even yeah. though, like when the Cardinals, I was really mad about that game, but it was a fun game to watch. Yeah, it was. Time. It was exciting. Yeah, I liked watching Kyler Murray too. I picked him up for fantasy football um, because I had Baker. Uh, and that's not working out, so I was like, hey, I'll go with this guy. Um, I think Kyler, he could be the next Brady. Um, he, I don't think he's going to ever put up maybe uh, the titles that he has. That, I mean, uh, it's impossible to probably. Um, but I think 
he'll make he'll be a contender for one of the better quarterbacks as long as he stays healthy, which is basically the argument for everybody. As long as you stay healthy, um, I think he's just going to be fun to watch. Basically, I think a a, a clean cut Michael Vick without uh without maybe any without of the a, scandals. Yeah, without a rap sheet. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm, I forgot to mention this in the intro. I'm also an Oakland Athletics fan, so I'm not the biggest Kyler Murray fan in the world okay. because uh, yeah. we, for those of you that don't know, we spent uh, I think eight round eighth eighth overall pick in the first round to get Kyler Murray, and then he decided, nah, I want to play football instead. So, not the biggest fan, but yeah, he is fun to watch. He's yeah. a good player. Um, do you have a fancy football team? I do. Uh, this is my second year playing it, um, so I'm still figuring things out. Um, my best player is Michael Thomas right now. Um, I had Julio Jones, and hopefully nobody is listening to me right now that's going to send me any letters or anything, <laughs> but I traded Julio Jones away. Uh, I traded him for DJ Chark because he is getting an astronomical amount of uh, looks from Minshew um, because Minshew is going to be playing the entire year uh, sans any sort of injury. I feel like Chark is going to be consistent, um, just as even just trying to throw it away. I think Chark is... Uh, good enough to try and go get any ball. Yeah. So, um, and I have, I mean, I have Julio on my team too, and he is. I actually benched him this week in favor of Will Fuller. <laughs> um, it's more of kind of a matchup thing, and uh, Will Fuller absolutely went off last week. But Julio, he had like a couple big weeks, but um, I don't think he was worth the. I think I spent like a second round pick on him, first or second round pick. Um, definitely not worth it. But yeah. Yeah, he's the Falcons in general just kind of look. Eh, yeah, year. they're just they're they're really disappointing. I mean, they were a lot of people's pick uh, to go far in the playoffs because their defense was finally healthy again, but their offense is just it's not working. So yeah, it's kind of like the Bengals. Their uh, their offensive line is just terrible. I have Tyler yeah. Boyd and Joe Mixon, and I can't trust I can't trust them at all week to week. It's, Tyler Boyd's been pretty me. good so far this year, but Joe Mixon, I know if you ask most people, he's probably the biggest disappointment for fantasy owners yeah. this year. Um, what's your record so far? I am three and two. Uh, I lost last week because I didn't play Chark. Uh, yeah. I'll, I'll put it at that. Uh, for some reason, I'm sticking with Greg Olson, uh, and I probably shouldn't because this is, I think this is the second game where he didn't have any points. Um, yeah. But I've been having tight end trouble. How about you? Uh, I'm four and one. I probably should be five and zero oh because <laughs> the one week I lost, uh, I saw Sunday morning. I woke up. I saw Winston was playing the Rams. I was like, Oh man, Rams are such a good defense. No way. So I decided I'm going to start Kyle Allen because Kyle Allen's been doing pretty good. And he did okay, but Winston absolutely went off. Mm. The Buccaneers, I think if I remember correctly, scored 55 points against the Rams. Uh, Jameis Winston looked like Tom Brady. Um, and I was pretty disappointed. And I still almost won, but, uh, yeah, I was pretty I was pretty upset. But 4-1, and one, it's not that bad. It's pretty good. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Something I've been trying to say to you. But the words get in the 
Welcome back, everybody. We're talking about the MLB now. Uh, so for most of you uh, out there, well, hopefully most of you know that the MLB is still going on. Uh, they're called the playoffs right now. Um, so it was the ALDS and the NLDS. Uh, and I believe um, tonight uh, the Rays and the Astros play game five, uh, which was not really expected. Uh, the Astros have a very dominant team across the board. The Rays are... They have some good players, but I would say that they ha still have some prospects that are figuring it out. Uh, so I think it's good that both of them are going to Game 5 because the Rays can figure themselves out. Um, I'm a Rays fan. Um, if you see the video, I'm wearing a throwback uh, to when they were the Devil Rays. Um, it's a really cool hat. Thank you. And they, uh, oh man, 
I think they were actually founded in the late 90s. Yeah. They, so they, they're a relatively young team, so it's nice to see uh, a team kind of get this far. They've, they've been there. Uh, they've gone to the World Series once before. Uh, they played uh, the Phillies uh, when they had Roy Holiday uh, and Ryan Howard, uh, so they were not winning that one. Um, but, yeah, it, it's been some pretty interesting baseball. Um, Drew, your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I don't really have any vesting interest in either of these teams, um, except I'm not a big Astros fan. I really don't don't like them all too much. Uh, so I'm rooting for the Rays. Obviously, they're the underdog. Um, they don't have a huge fan base. Uh, they don't have a huge payroll. They really probably shouldn't have won, I think, 96 games. Um, so it's a really good underdog story. Uh, I'm a Cubs fan, and I'm an A's fan, and I'm a Tigers fan. And A's I guess, technically made the playoffs, but then they got blown up by your Rays in the yeah. in the wild card game. I'm sorry is, about that. Yeah, which is disappointing. But uh, yeah, I think it'll be a fun game. Uh, hopefully, we'll be done so we can catch it. The 707 uh, starting pitched. But, always, uh, yeah. always something weird. Always 707. Yeah. It's never seven it's just, or yeah. 705. I don't know if you watch any March Madness, but it's the same thing. It's like yeah. let's start the game at 9:32 for some reason. Yeah, I don't should, let's understand just be, let's why just that be makes weird sense. About it. Yeah. Let's not be predictable. I mean, we're talking about it, so it's working. Yeah, yeah uh, that's true. Of course, uh, last night there was two games. Uh, Nationals. If for those of you watching, I've got my national <laughs> stuff on right now. Um, I always kind of liked the Nationals, but I'm not a big Bryce Harper fan. So when he kind of left, and I was kind of like, oh, maybe they'll be good. I'm a, I love Max Scherzer. He's probably my favorite baseball player. Uh, Juan Soto is on my fantasy baseball team this year. Absolutely tore it up. So um, I was really looking looking forward to them making the playoffs, making a run. Uh, the wild card game uh, was terrific against the Milwaukee. And then this Dodger series, uh, it seemed like they were done and out. And especially if you know the Nationals past, they always seem to choke and they never win uh, the, the clinching game. Yeah. But something happened when they beat the Brewers. Um, and now it seems like they're just, they're really clutch. And uh, I mean, last night they, I think, they had two back-to-back home runs to, yeah. to against Clayton Kershaw, one of the best pitchers ever, uh, to tie the game. And then Howie Kendrick hit one in the tenth inning to, to send them to the NLCS for the first time ever. It was a uh, it was a great game. Sadly, I was working on an essay, mm-hmm. so I was kind of going in and out. But uh, did you watch the game? I watched. I turned it on uh, just after the home runs happened, uh, but then I watched uh, up until uh Kendrick's hit the home the grand slam and I was like well that that's it that's they're done yeah uh, and that that is the uh, I think I wrote it down the epitome of clutch it really was I mean that's it's his former team too like he used to play for them that's, too I, I kind of feel like in situations like that though like if you're playing against your uh, like your old team stuff like that happens it seems yeah it does in any sport so I was like I forgot that he played for him but then them saying that I was like okay yeah, that they makes said sense. It, they said it over and over again and like yeah, oh yeah, yeah he, he played for them um, but yeah, it was great game to watch. Um, and then the other game, of course, was the NLDS Cardinals Braves. Not as great of a game. It was thirteen to one. The Cardinals yeah. put up ten runs in the first inning, which I believe was an MLB record. Um, what do you think about the Cardinals? Uh, it's disappointing for the Braves. Um, I I like the Braves. I like I did too. Um, uh, Ronald Acuna Jr. Uh, I just like the team that they're fielding. So it was disappointing to see them lose. Um, but hopefully they can keep most of that core together. Yeah. Um, because they are a good team. Um, but I think the Cardinals, uh, they've just they've they have guys on the team that have postseason experience. Yeah. And they know how to get through those hurdles that a lot of these guys. I mean, Acuna's 
in his early 20s. Is he 21, 22? Yeah, I mean, he just signed an eight-year so, extension, too. So, so. He, he's, he's figuring stuff out. They've got to figure stuff out because um, they were not always good. Um, so uh, them just getting to the playoffs and getting in the series, uh, I think carrying it along as well was good. Uh, but Cardinals, like I said, they've got the experience. Um, so I think I think they're playing. It's the it's the Nationals versus the Cardinals. Yep. yep. I have the cards going in seven. Really? Um, I think it's just going to be a slugfest. Um, I think the pitching is going to be amazing, uh, but I think each side has enough uh, experience where somebody's going to have a breakthrough each game. Um, any predictions on, on that? Um, well, first, just some thoughts on the Braves that you kind of touched on. Uh, I think they're a really young team, and if you look at last year, they kind of got dominated by the Dodgers for the entire series and then got eliminated this year. They put up a good fight, pushed to Game 5. Um, I can see next year them making to the NLCS, maybe making a run uh, at the championship. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if the Dodgers rebound, um, but I think the Braves could be a lot of experts' picks to, to win the NL. Uh, but as far as for uh, this year, uh, Nationals Cardinals, um, I think the Na- I think the Nationals are going to do it. I uh, going into the playoffs, I kind of viewed them as the second best team in the National League. I just felt like they were really clicking at the right time. Uh, I was nervous about Scherzer because he after he came back from his injury, he didn't look that great. But uh, I think he I think he'll be good. Steven Strasburg is finally kind of living up to his prof- his potential. Uh, and Patrick Corbin was good until uh, he kind of blew up in relief uh, mm-hmm. against against the Dodgers. But uh, I think the Dodgers might have been a better team than the Cardinals. And uh, I think they, like you said, the Cardinals do have the experience and uh, they got the home field advantage, I feel like. But Washington's still got some great fans. I think it'll be a really great series to watch. Um, but, yeah, I think the Nationals will finally get it done. Everyone, It seems like we've been predicting the Nationals to make it to the World Series for the last six years. Yeah. And it's kind of funny the one year that they lose Bryce Harper, who was probably their best player, they, they, they go far. Yeah. So, yeah, I think the Nationals, I think the Nationals in six. I'm gonna, what I'm gonna say. Okay. Um, oh, what was that? I just. Oh, uh, I think Sports Sports Nation may have put out a uh, photo. I think on Instagram, and it shows Bryce Harper looking at the photo of the guy celebrating. <laughs> I was like, that's. I, I liked it. I like that. That that banter is nice. But yeah, it's your big player leaves. Um, and I I honestly thought the Phillies would make it to the playoffs this year. I thought they had yeah. a, at least a decent team. Um, but a they didn't and yeah I mean it seemed like going into the season I mean it seemed like they had the best lineup in baseball I mean they were kind of devoid of weakness they had probably the best catcher in Real Muto they had Harper McCutcheon uh, and it just seemed like uh, Gene Segura he's yeah. one of the under, most underrated players in the game I would say and it just seemed like they all kind of just had an off year uh, they did fire their manager uh, Gabe Kapler earlier today oh. though so wow. um, see who they see who they put in they're gonna um, try and take uh the guy from uh, the Dodgers, are they gonna fire him? No, I don't think so. I think they, I think they love him and he loves L.A. So because they were, they were chanting that last night. Yeah, they were like fire. Uh, what's his name? Roberts. Dave Roberts. Yeah. They were saying fire Roberts. And I was like, wow, that's uh, that's, that's rough. They gotta calm down a little bit. I think they're just, they're fired up. But uh, I mean, there's some good options out there. Joe Girardi, uh, mm-hmm. Joe Madden. I think uh, Madden, I believe, I saw was linked to the Angels, and then Girardi was linked to the Mets and the Cubs. Gotta so, try and get Madden. Yeah. I think. Uh, he he uh, he was with the Rays. They got to the World Series, and then he went. He went to Chicago. He yeah. went to Chicago. They got their World yeah. Series. So I think uh, wherever he goes is the World yeah. Series follows. I uh, I wish he would come here. He'd come here, manage the Tigers. But That'd it seems <laughs> like we're pretty set on Garden Hire, uh, which makes sense. But Madden, I think he, that's where he got to start was with the Angels. Mm-hmm. Um, he was a uh, 
I think a bench coach or an assistant coach um, when wow. they won their World Series in 2002. So he's probably going to go back there. Uh, Brad Ausmus. Uh, at least it wasn't just us Tigers yeah, fans. Yeah. It was. It's everyone gets the feel. Yep. Uh, uh, maybe he'll go to Philadelphia and they can they can get a taste of the Brad Ausmus magic too. Maybe go and uh, infect every every other yeah. team out there. That the, would be the one team. He's actually linked to the Padres because he used to play there. They might hire him. Really? Which I. I like the Padres, and I really hope they don't do that. Yeah, they uh, they gotta know. They gotta look and say, yeah. okay, well. Sorry if we have any uh, Padre fans out there, but. Um, what do you think about the American League uh, championship series? Who do you think? Uh, it's obviously gonna be the Yankees versus the Astros or the Rays. Uh, first of all, you said the Astros. You think the Astros are gonna? I think win. The you want Astros the Rays are to gonna win. win. I yeah. want the Rays, but I think the Astros just because tonight. I mean, Garrett Cole is. Yeah. Unless he has, unless he gets hurt or something just happens, I think he's going to close him out. Do you think he's winning the Cy Young this year? I, I don't see why he wouldn't. I mean, he just. I mean, it's either he, him or Verlander, basically. He, he's gone, and that's hard because it's just a dominant pitching rotation. Yeah. But I think Garrett Cole. Uh, I mean, I would want Verlander to win it because I'm a Verlander fan, even yeah. though he left, even though we got rid of him. Yeah. He didn't leave. Um, yeah, I, I uh, think he actually wanted to stay. It was like last second. He's like, "Yeah, I understand. I'll go." But um, yeah, I think I, I would want Verlander to get it, but I think Garrett Cole is just yeah. He's shown how dominant he is, and I think he deserves it. Um, but if the Rays, if the Rays don't go through, I say the Astros are going to beat the Yankees in five. If the Rays five. go through, I think Rays are going to win in seven. So you have no faith in the Yankees. I absolutely hate the Yankees. I abhor them. Anybody out there, I'm sorry. I'm just not a Yankees fan. I kind of like the Yankees. I'm not going to lie. Okay. I should have said that off the top. But uh, it was, you know, Mickey Mantle? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I watched this movie when I was a little kid. 61. Great movie. Highly recommend any sports fan watch it. Um, but I watched it when I was a little kid, and I loved it, and I've been a Yankees fan ever since. So um, I like them, and I uh, they're, I think they're, they have the strength to maybe make a run. Uh, to the World Series and finally make it there. Um, I think if the Rays win tonight, I think the Yankees will probably win in six. The Astros win. Uh, Astros in seven. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I. I don't know why I don't like the Yankees. It's usually anybody who's basically a big dynasty team. Yeah. It's like okay, well you're gonna be good even after I die and after my kids die. Yeah. Um, I just don't like them. I like to see them dethroned. Um, but it's not like they've done anything to where I hate them and their fans. I just don't like the team. Yeah, that's understandable. There's there's plenty of teams like like the Astros. There's plenty of teams that I just don't like. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean the Yankees. I mean, I don't think the Twins were as good as their hundred. I think hundred one wins showed. They kind of really beat up on having three of the arguably the worst teams ever <laughs> in their division. Uh, go Tigers, and. Uh, I don't think their record accurately showed how good they were. I think they could be good, really good next year, but the Yankees just dominated them. And I think the Twins have lost what I think like seventeen consecutive playoff games. I mean, wow. that's crazy. I have to look that up, but I know it's it's up there. Yeah, I don't. I feel like the Twins is it's basically a reflection of the division they're in. Like like you said, it's not the strongest division. Um, yeah. So them not winning, and especially the Yankees, yes. Although I don't like the Yankees, and I will always say I don't like the Yankees, but the Yankees are much better than the Twins. Yeah. Uh, just seeing that matchup, I was like, okay, they're just going to sweep them. Um, I mean, you, you could look at the Red Sox this year, and they were a big disappointment. I feel like if you put them in the Central, they could be probably better than the Twins in terms of record. Yeah. And then, so. 
Yeah. Uh, we kind of mentioned the Tigers there. What do you, uh, are you excited for their 2020 season or do you think it's going to be another, another long, long season? I think it'll be long, but not as long as last year. I think hopefully. they'll improve. <laughs> I think they'll stay, hopefully they stay under 100 losses, uh, which might be a stretch, but I think bringing in, bringing up your, uh, Perspective uh, pitching staff, yeah, and just giving them games that they're gonna have to get games because the level that they're playing at, it's just it's just different than the MLB uh, because uh, it's it's just different. You hear all the guys talk about how going from uh, AAA to the MLB, they have to adjust. Uh, yeah. So I think getting them to adjust uh, during a time where you're gonna basically have to do a gut check every game. Uh, I think that's going to be beneficial for them, and basically molding an identity for our young, a, a young team uh, built around veterans. That's going to kind of usher in not a mediocre, hopefully it's not mediocre, <laughs> but just better years. Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't expect in the next four or five years a World Series run, but I'm expecting them to get better every year. Yeah. Um, I'm right there with you. I think uh, when they bring up the, the pitching staff, I think they're going to be really, really good. Uh, Casey Mize, Bo Burrows, Matt Manning. I, I know maybe a lot of people think that Matt Boyd should be traded, but I think he could probably be like the veteran ace on the next really good Tigers team. Uh, the big thing for me is just the hitting. I mean, they their pitching actually wasn't terrible this year. Um, they just need they need some hit. They need some bats. I mean, when Brandon Dixon is leading you in many offensive <laughs> categories, it's not the best thing in the world. As good as much as I love Brandon Dixon, um, but uh, did they get the first pick this year, which would be good. I know I think uh, Spencer Torkelson, he's a first baseman. They're looking at maybe taking him. Yeah, he's supposed to be really go. good. Um, Jacoby Jones, I feel like uh, he showed some strides this year. Uh, they just my thing is they just need bats. I feel like the pitching yeah. will come, um, and maybe they can get that through through free agency. Uh, whether uh, once we get some of these big contracts like the Jordan Zimmerman, uh, I love him, but Miguel Cabrera. Once we get that big contract off, that that um, was a mistake. By I mean he, I mean why wouldn't you accept it though as a player? Exactly, you, you, I don't blame him. Yeah. You know that you're going to provide for your family. Yeah, uh, and that's what a lot of players Forever. they want to do. And ever, and you um, know, your grand, your great great grandkids, yeah. grandkids. Like I'm never going to fault him. But that was a terrible decision by upper management. Yeah, I mean that's just what Dave Dombrowski does. I mean he got he let let go from the Red Sox. Um, and it, I mean you look at he's got two World Series championships and from the three teams that he went to and the one team he of course he didn't win a championship with was us the Tigers but um, he still made us got us to two World Series um, and I mean it works but at the same time once he leaves your team's left in shambles without a farm system yeah but yeah uh, of course the next uh, really kind of big thing uh, in Detroit sports right now before the Pistons get going is the Red Wings um, did you seen? I think they've played three games so far. Have you watched any? I haven't been able to watch any. I've seen some highlights. Um, I just, in general, I like I like the team. I yeah. like a young team, uh, and basically them figuring it out. It's definitely different from other sports trying to figure out uh, your identity uh, and creating a solid group. I think not necessarily that it's easier, uh, but I think with less moving parts, like maybe a football team. You know, you have less members, so you kind of have a, a better look uh, at what you want your team to look like. Um, but I, th- I just, I like them. I think the Eisenman era is going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, there's going to be ups and downs. Uh, I'm not going to deny that, but I think 
overall it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, they they actually play in two minutes against the Canadians. Oh, uh, yeah, should be a original six matchup. But yeah, I'm right there with you. I mean, I even thought last year as uh, as bad as they were, I guess they were still fun to watch. It wasn't like the Tigers where they were getting blown out eight to two. It seemed like every yes. game. Uh, yes. The Red Wings. I mean, you can tell that they really they tried hard. They worked hard. Larkin is. I think he should be the next captain. I'm surprised he's he's not yet. Um, he's just a great leader. I actually had the privilege of meeting him. Uh, really? Yeah. Very nice guy. Um, but yeah, I think I think they look really good so far this year. Um, Anthony Mantha, of course, I think five goals already in three wow. games. Of course, the one game where he had four. Um, I think he could be really good this year. Uh, they they need some defensive help definitely, but. Um, and probably a goalie because Jimmy Howard's not going to be around forever. Mm. Um, but I never yeah. liked I never liked Howard. I don't know why. Um, probably because well, I start I was able to watch them when Osgood was still in. Yeah. So then watching Howard come in and just be like, dude, yeah. you can't. Like, obviously he's not going to play up to Osgood's level, but like, come on. Yeah, I mean Find he had somebody some, who can. He had some really big shoes to fill because uh, I mean you look at Hashik. I mean, going back to the 90s, you look at Mike Vernon, and you go to Hasek and uh, Chris Osgood, of course, and even the guys like Manny Legacy, and, I mean, these guys are they're pretty good. Uh, he had some really big shoes to fill. And, I mean, he's been here for, I think, almost a decade now, so he's been he's been okay, but uh, not as good as your Osgoods and your Hasek's for sure. We'll need to find. I don't, I don't know. I, I will readily admit I don't know as much about hockey as I do all the other sports, so I don't know what our uh, farm – system looks yeah, like minor leagues yeah um do we have any goalies uh in the works i know we have some good prospects but uh of course uh just, just because we have a lot big really uh high picks the last few years mm. and uh we're still just kind of rebuilding they're still okay. a few years away but um hopefully they'll be good i mean do you you said you believe in eiserman you believe in the i do Eisermania. i just i, I maybe i might be drinking some of that kool-aid but i just know my family, uh, they were they were always downtown. They were always at Joe Louis Arena. Yeah. Uh, they watched Iserman. Uh, they watched um, was it the Russian Five? Yeah. They watched them. Uh, so they're huge Red Wings fans. Um, I didn't really like hockey growing up, but I still watched it because they watched it. Um, so I think there's just always a spot for me for the Red Wings. Uh, so uh, and in Iserman, yes, I I think he. Uh, where was he before? Tampa Bay. He was at Tampa Bay. Uh, and Tampa Bay, they've had years where they've looked yeah. really good. Last year, I think they were the, of course, they got knocked out by the Blue Jackets, one of the biggest upsets ever. But uh, I think they had the best season, regular season ever for a franchise. So, so I think him helping build that team and help them, uh, and then coming back coming back home, uh, I think I think that's going to work some wonders, yeah. hopefully. Um, I mean, obviously he could be a bust, but I don't I don't think he's a bust. Yeah, and I also, the big thing for the Lightning I've noticed is a lot of their guys take discounts because they love the culture there. Mm. Uh, I feel like he can do the same thing and hopefully he was out of uh, any salary cap trouble. Yeah. Which uh, it seemed like Ken Holland, towards the end of his 10 years as GM, it seemed like he was just kind of handing out a lot of money Here left and right. Yep. <laughs> um, do you think, uh, how many Stanley Cups do you think, realistically, that Eisenman can bring us? I mean, how how long do GMs usually stay? That's, I'd kind of base it off that. So I guess if he stayed, I mean, it just kind of depends on how how good the team is. I think Ken Holland was here for over twenty years, if I'm not oh. mistaken. Um, I think under Eisenman, let's say he stays here for, let's say he stays here for twenty years. 
I think realistically we could probably get three. And I, mean, I don't I don't know if that's low, I don't know if that's high. I just think my mind said three. So I'm gonna go with three. I think that's a safe bet because uh I mean people like playing here. We're I'd say a hockey town. I think that's the, the team that even when the the team that non sports fans follow the most is probably the Red Wings. Um and guys like coming here, we're original sixteen, we got that going for us. Um, I feel like if these young guys, if Larkin kind of takes the next step and becomes a Sidney Crosby, maybe not Sidney Crosby level, but Austin Matthews, John Tavares kind of level player. Um, and then these young guys kind of prove something. If they get, can get some veteran help, um, I think three. Three is a good number because they could probably go a little bit under that, but they could also, if everything bounces right, go a little bit above yeah. that. Maybe a back-to-back. I wouldn't mind that. I don't think anybody would mind yeah, that. Yeah, I don't think so. I think Detroit it's been, would really like that. It's been a rough few uh, few years here for yeah. Detroit sports fans. But uh, at least they announced that you know that they're gonna go through a rebuild that they're gonna do this stuff i think with some teams when they don't announce that and you're like well yeah you suck for five years what are you doing oh yeah we might be rebuilding yeah i know i know we don't have the pistons on our script today but that's exactly what they're doing it's like let's kind of go all in but we're not really going to go all in so yeah. we're just going to be a seven or eight seed for the next 15 years which is not fun for a fan um as much as i hate watching the tigers at least they have a plan and yeah hopefully do you believe in, not to go back to baseball, but do you feel like, do you believe in Alavila or do you? I think he's made some dumb decisions, but uh, I mean, it still remains to be seen. We've got guys in the works yeah. coming up, so hopefully the decisions that he's made uh, will bear fruit, but if not, I guess I really wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Um, I wasn't sure how I felt about them giving him the contract extension, but I'm not completely sure how many better candidates were out there for yeah. us to hire. So realistically it's still gonna be a few years still we're good so um, it's gonna be a nice nice couple of years ahead <laughs> um so before we uh before we end what's your uh, big kind of sports story that you're kind of looking forward to this week um oh, man there's there's a lot going on um and i know we said we weren't going to talk about soccer okay but <laughs> i'm a huge tottenham hotspurs fan uh and uh I, I haven't been able to look at their schedule um but i know that they play uh, a team called Watford, and we've lost. We've only been able to get two out of our last, I believe, 30 points uh, out of away games. So we're just trash away. We went to the Champions League final last year, uh, and that is basically the highest award, the best award, the most prestigious award uh, you could get uh, as a European club. Uh, and we're just utter trash this year, and uh, it's it's sad. I'm hoping to see a rebound, um, but things might need to be shaken up, and it's just—it's so fluid. We don't know what's going to happen day to day, um, so I just want to see if they're going to hit that button, if they're going to go right into crisis mode, or if they're going to say they're fine. Um, and I don't know—that's that's soccer. But if if we have to come back to the five, I'll just say <laughs> NFL. Yeah, NFL is just the teams. I would say the Jags. Just watching the Jags is—it's fun to watch them. Even though I know they're probably not going to make the playoffs, they're just fun to watch. I mean, they, I mean, you never know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I guess that's true. Uh, and then just watching the lines, just seeing how it's gonna be a really good game. How the lines are going to do. Um, any stories for you? Um, I'm actually looking up the Texans' record right now, just so we can see, or not the Texans, the Jaguars. I mean, they're two and three right now. Only a game out behind the Texans and the Colts. Uh, the Colts are probably going to be pretty good Jacoby Brissett for actually this is, this is an older story but what did you feel about Andrew Luck retiring um after hearing what he said about his body and how he was feeling 
I mean, if if I felt like trash for the last couple of years and I had injuries after or just injuries upon injuries, um, I would probably want to call it quits. Yeah, but I think, and and he said he was struggling with it back and forth, uh, which which makes sense. If you weren't struggling with it, then I would question your passion for the game. Yeah. Um, so I think the timing wasn't good, but I think his heart was in the right place, and I think you don't want to prolong anything, and you don't want to play the wrong way when you're playing for yeah. a team like that. Um, so I'm kind of torn between. I think he should have had better timing, um, but I think you need to look out for your your own protection. Yeah. So I'm I'm all for him making that decision because that's his and his alone. Yeah. Um, I think you kind of touched on it there. My big problem with it was just the timing. I mean, it was – I think it was week three of preseason, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, and it seemed like he kind of already was kind of leaning towards that. And I felt like just even if you let him know in August or July, that's better than letting them know yeah. right before and kind of throwing Brissett into a difficult position to be in. It seems like he's doing all right. He seems like he's doing all right now, but at the time, it was yeah. like, that's, yeah. that's pretty stressful. Um, but, yeah, it, fun fun story. Uh, we were in the middle of a fantasy football draft at one of my friend's houses, and uh, it was getting towards the end of the draft. And so Andrew Luck was, of course, already off the board because he was, I think, the third-best quarterback projected for mm-hmm. fantasy football. Uh, and then one of my friends looked at his phone and said, Andrew Luck just retired. And we were like, oh, okay, yeah, sure, okay. And then pretty soon it was on ESPN. And That's rough. My friend almost threw his computer out the I, out into the backyard. I, and I would not blame him. It was fun to watch, but it was also... <laughs> Not the best for his team, but anyway, back to your question. Uh, what I'm what I'm looking forward to the most this week. Um, it's probably just the MLB, um, ALCS, ALCS, NLCS. Um, should be fun to watch. Um, we have this fall study break, so hopefully I'll be able to watch some more games. Yeah. And uh, obviously, you already said Lions, Packers. Um, hopefully, can catch some Red Wings games. Um, I also like the Maple Leafs. They're back. So I know you said you don't like Canadian NHL teams, but I, I watch them. But, but I, um, I got a soft spot for the American teams. Yeah, obviously, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean that's that's what I'm looking forward to. So uh, I think that's pretty much it. Oh, real quick, I'm gonna plug uh, the Michigan Journal dot org. Uh, we got a lot of great stories up on our website, and uh, if you're on campus, make sure you uh, pick up a paper. Um, for the sports, I can speak on the sports behalf. We have a lot of good uh, stories up there. Uh, we one of my staff writers, Chris, he does a fantasy football projections every week and puts it up there. We also have some uh, NFL takes, MLB takes. Um, and yeah, if you ever want to uh, write about sports or have a story or anything you want us to talk about or write, uh, feel free to email at umd.mj.sports at gmail.com. Corey, do you have anything to... I would I would definitely second picking up or uh, going online uh, because we've got... I mean, we just have amazing stories across the board, whether yeah. it's opinions, sports, news, uh, arts entertainment. Uh, it's just... it's good. It's a good read, and I think we in general need to read yeah uh, just because we need to get that information uh you don't want to be a hermit just sitting alone which you know if you are i don't know how you're getting this <laughs> but uh maybe try and pick up something or read something yeah and if there's anything you have want us to talk about in terms of sports feel free to email us that we can talk about it next week on the podcast but uh yeah i mean Corey, this is a lot of fun for those you don't know Corey and i just met about a half an hour before yes. we started recording yes which is pretty shocking but uh, I think this went really well, and thank you all for, uh, for listening and tuning in.